the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the offices of Dr. Robert Bass in River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. That's a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. We're marching through this first century book of Philippians as Paul continues to encourage the fellow Philippian workers as we continue to work in the 21st century. Your encouragement today delivered by Pastor Sean Azaro at River City Community Church with a message called Press On. And if you do have a Bible nearby, we're in Philippians chapter 3. This is Real Life Radio. We're in this series called Under Construction, and last week we saw how Paul was teaching us he can't resurrect what hasn't died. And Paul shared that amazing verse. It says that I may know Christ, the power of his resurrection, and may I, the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, know him in his death, that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. And You just hear in him this sense of longing, this sense of wanting to go deeper. Those words are so powerful. I don't know about you. I just, as I listen to them, there's just this sense of, oh, man, there's so much farther to go. Well, the good news is we're going to see that Paul had that exact same thought. And that's what he's going to share with us a little bit. We're going to get very practical in this series today because, you know, the series is called Under Construction. God's doing a work in us. We are a work in progress. That's what the scripture says. And Paul very much outlines some things for us that I think will help us actually experience that growth, that construction. It's one of the funny things about the Christian church. We, we get very confused about this idea of grace. You remember we started the whole series talking about peace is our destination and grace is how we get there. Meaning peace with God, peace with others. You know, sin creates division. It creates destruction and death, but it always separates God's desire is to make peace, have us have peace with him and peace with one another. So peace is our destination, but we saw grace is how we get there. And Paul uses that phrase, grace and peace to you, in like every single one of his letters. And it's just this little mini kind of capsulation of the gospel in one phrase, grace and peace. And grace is one of those funny concepts because we understand what that means. That means God is saying to you, come however you are. I can forgive you. I can do a new work in you. You don't have to get fixed up. You know, you don't have to get, get everything in line. And sometimes we think we got to get all our ducks in a row and we kind of got to get things in order. The message of grace is simply come as you are. Don't try to fix anything before you come. Just come. And I know in a crowd this size, there's going to be some who say, Sean, you don't know how much that I'm carrying with me. And I want to say to you, the message of grace is real simple. Doesn't matter. Bring it to him. He will forgive. He will restore. He will rebuild. That's the power of grace. The, the thing is, it is come as you are, but we also understand that it doesn't stop there. It's not like, okay, come as you are, and then someday you'll go to heaven. And I think mistakenly in the church, we've sometimes carried that out. You know, we've t- t- treated grace like that. 
Grace, not only does it mean come as you are when we enter into relationship with Father, but it also means a work of grace in our life is this under construction process. A work of grace is the growth that God wants to bring. See, God wants something better for us, something different. He wants good fruit. He wants great relationships. He wants our lives to count for something, to matter. And that is a work of grace as well. And so Paul dives into that a little bit today as we continue in chapter 3. I'm going to pick up reading at verse 12. Paul says this, Not that I have already obtained all this. That's really good. Because, you know, if you're reading along and you're talking about Paul and to know Christ and to fellowship of his suffering and to go deep within the power of his resurrection, you can kind of sit there and feel like, wow, I'm a real slug. Man, Paul is just... And where am I? And Paul, I think, gives us a message that sets us a little bit at ease when he says, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I love that phrase. I love that phrase because in in church circles, we get into these debates and arguments over the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Well, my gift to you today is we're just going to solve that once and for all, okay? So we're going to fix that. And all those seminary profs and theologians, forget them, all right? We're going to fix it right here and right now today, okay? Good news. It's a debate that's been going on for thousands of years, but we're going to fix it today. Because Paul fixes it for us, I think. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Do you know there's two sides of this taking hold thing? It is all about the sovereignty of God because God created us. He created us for relationship with Jesus, for relationship with him. That's what we were created for. He initiated it all. He did it all. And then when we, in sin, chose to rebel against him and turn our back on him, he sent Christ as a redeemer to give his life to pay the penalty for your sins and mine on the cross. That's the great news of redemption. God did it all. He gave us a destiny. He chose us to be in relationship with him. And that's the reality of the gospel. So the sovereignty of God is huge. It's big. It's all him. But Paul also says there is a part, and the scripture makes this clear over and over again, where we can say no to God. We can reject his gift. We can walk away and have no part of it. And unfortunately, that's the saddest story in our world today. The majority of people have said to the creator of all things who loved them and said, I want to give you abundant life. I created you for something great. And I sent my son Jesus to help make that possible in your life. And the majority of the world has said, forget you. I don't need you. That's tragic. And Jesus made it real plain. He said, wide is the road that leads to destruction and many find it. Narrow is the gate that needs a life and only a few find it. The tragedy is most people, in light of this unbelievable father who gave us this gift of life, most people say, sorry, God, I don't need it. I'm good to go. I got it covered. And Paul says that there's this two-sided God in through Christ Jesus taking hold of us. But he says, I press on to take hold of that. That's the free will part. That's the part where we say yes. That's the part where we press in and say, God, I want all that you have. I don't want just a little bit. I don't want to sit on the outskirts. God, I want you because I trust you and I really believe that your plan for me is abundant life, real life. And then he goes on in verse 13 and reiterates his earlier idea. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. 
toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There is a prize. There is a gift. There is a treasure that God has made available for us. And that's what Paul is saying. He presses on. He presses in to experience that. In verse 15, he says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Now, now Paul says this. I have not already obtained. I have not already obtained. Obtained what? Well, it was from last week. That I know Christ. The previous verse. The power of His resurrection. Sharing His suffering. Becoming like Him in His death. Somehow attained to the resurrection from the dead. I have not yet obtained who He is. Have you ever had a feeling like that? You can feel pretty good about yourself until you are in the presence of someone else. You see, Paul is coming out of this. You could say, well, I've obtained what? He just talked about Jesus. He just unpacked who Jesus is. He's unpacked what he desires to know him and to get close and to experience the life of Christ. It's this passion, this love, and almost in frustration, but determination, he says, I haven't yet obtained that. Have you ever had something like that that you wanted really bad? Even maybe you thought you were pretty far along, but then you saw something else and thought, man, I'm not there. I like to play guitar. I actually consider myself a pretty decent guitar player. I mean, I can hang. And then we had our fall festival here one year and had a guy named Monty Montgomery come and play. The man is a freak. Okay, there's something seriously wrong with him. I think there's double-jointed fingers, something. There's some sort of medical issue. That has allowed him to do... Seriously, ever watch the guy? Now, you know, Acoustic Guitar Magazine said he's one of the top 50 players of all time. And we had him right here at River City Community Church. Ooh, Sorry, a little celebration. But to watch him play, it's like, dude. Not that I have obtained. You know, and I'm like, okay, was there some sort of deal with the devil? Like a crossroads type thing? I don't, you know... That's a little taste on a natural level. Something you think you're doing pretty good at. Something you think you, you kind of got a handle on. And then you see something that's like way out there. And you go, oh, man. See, that's what Paul, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote large chunks of the Bible. Sitting saying, I have not obtained. Why is he saying that? Why is that coming to his mind? Because he's just meditated on and unpacked who Jesus is. And in his presence, we understand we have not obtained. And we're going to see that that declaration of Paul is a real gift to us. And you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, which meets every Sunday morning at the corner of Redland Road and jones Malzberger, just inside Loop 1604, you can find details, directions, and service times at the website reallife.org. You can also learn about the church's own missionary journey right here in San Antonio called Operation Passion, a great way to serve the community with your whole family. 
And we'd also like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by the Office of Dr. Robert Bass Internal Medicine, which is located at 1202 East Sonterra, Suite 701. The number for Dr. Robert Bass is 210-404-2650. Now let's take a short break in this message called Press On as we gear up for summer, but have our sights on the fall and the fall school season. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at BelieversAcademy.org. Welcome back. And we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church for more of this sermon, which can be found in its entirety at reallife.org as a free download. And this is Real Life Radio. This prize that God is calling me forward, heavenward towards in Christ. I, I want us to get this idea of movement because Paul is definitely communicating movement here. We need to understand that. We, we can sometimes get into this mindset because we so believe in relationships, which we really do. We believe in relationships. They are the most important thing. Remember Jesus asked, what's the most important command of all? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. The, Jesus said, the whole law is wrapped up in those. It's the most important thing. And we fundamentally believe that. Relationships are the most important thing. But we can, if we're not careful, take that to an unhealthy place where we begin to think, okay, then all we have to do is just hang together and everything will be fine. And we understand Paul says these relationships of ours are supposed to have purpose with them as well. There is this movement, this reaching towards a purpose, a prize. That's why in our small groups, we are all about relationship, but we're also about a purpose, helping one another become what Christ created us to be there's a mixture of mission and purpose we recognize we have a purpose to be god's hands extended to a world that needs to know him to our friends our neighbors our family our co-workers who god loves passionately and desires that we spread that message and not just with words but with our life these are relationships with a purpose and paul is saying that i'm pressing in to realize this purpose to attain this prize He makes this statement in verse 15 that I think is interesting. All of us who are mature should take a view of such things. He considers himself among the mature, and yet he also says, not that I've already obtained. He's mature, but he has not already obtained. He's mature, but he says, I've not already been made perfect. It's a very important point. If you're taking notes, write this down. Maturity is not the achievement of perfection, but the commitment to growth. Maturity is not the achievement of perfection, but the commitment to growth. I think sometimes we in Christian circles try to put on this coat of of external righteousness that we think makes us look kind of perfect. 
And we don't want anyone to see past that. So we pretend. We come to church on Sundays and we kind of put on the happy face. How are you? God bless you. Good to see you. Hallelujah. As though anybody talks like that. I mean, seriously. And so we kind of have this squeaky clean, wide-eyed kind of perfection kind of thing. And, and the reality is, no, 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 that's not Christ-likeness at all. It is something that starts on the inside. And Paul kind of deflates that whole thing for us and gives us a real break when he points out maturity is not the achievement of perfection. If not, he could not be called one of the mature. Because he already said, I have not been made perfect in the previous verse. But the commitment to growth, that is the essence of maturity. That's where we are. And growth is one of those things I think that in Christian circles sometimes we don't understand. There's a lady whose name is Julie Masters Basher. And she tells a story about a friend of hers who was meeting with her landscape gardener. And the guy, they had a whole plan for the backyard. And at one point, he had to look at the lady and say, excuse me, will you say that again, ma'am? Because she waved her hand out at the whole kind of several acre wooded area that she was having landscape. She said, I want a picture of how it's going to look when it's finished. You know, fish pond, rose garden, everything included. Could it look like this sketch in Better Homes and Gardens? And is, can you make it exactly like that? And the guy's like, uh, you know, you can just see the poor guy looking for words. He says, hard to say. You know, uh, we're dealing with living things here. I can show you a pattern, I guess, but things grow. Okay, you're going to have to keep on planting, cultivating, trimming. Who's to say what it's going to look like someday? It's just never going to get finished growing. You see, that gardener understood the very nature of growth. The lady wanted something manufactured. Can I go buy this at Home Depot and have you put it in my backyard? Because I want something manufactured. I want it now. I want it inside. I want it. Poof. That's what it's going to look like. I want to pay you. And just boom. And I think sometimes we think growth is that way. We think that's what maturity is. Like we accept Jesus Christ and all of a sudden we are perfect. And by the way, judicially, we are before Christ. You, you understand what I mean when I say that. There is a penalty of sin that is death. And when we accept Christ and receive that forgiveness of sins, that death penalty is paid. So before God, there's a stamp and we are innocent because what he looks when he looks at us and we are now found in Christ, he sees the perfection of Christ. So as far as the penalty of sin and and all that that involves, we are clean and pure and perfect in God's eyes because we are now hidden in Christ. But. There's a whole nother part. God doesn't want to just free us from the penalty of sin. He wants to free us from the effects of sin in our life. You know, the junk that hurts our family and friends, the junk that breaks relationships down, that causes all kinds of problems and fear and stress and anger and all that stuff. God wants to set us free from that as well. And that is called growth. It is a process of spiritual cultivation, maturity and growth. That's why maturity is not the achievement of perfection, but the commitment to growth. Now, Paul exhibits some qualities and spells out some key principles to personal and spiritual growth that I want us to grab onto here this morning. First, number one, growth begins with humility. Ooh, I should have told you this was coming because this always gets ugly. Growth begins with humility. The Apostle Paul, the writer of 
epistles. The guy who was beaten for Jesus, who performed miracles by the Spirit and the power of God, says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Let me just say real plainly, you won't grow if you don't think you need to grow. And that's really what humility is all about. If you don't have humility, the simple question is, then why would I need to grow? I'm good to go. I got it all covered. I mean, this is so central and important, and yet it is the great fight, the great struggle. Humility brings in us a teachability. Listen to what the psalmist says. Psalm 25.9 says of the Lord, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His ways. Without humility, we're not teachable. And so there's nothing that's going to happen. You must understand and I must understand the greatest hindrance to our spiritual growth, to that good fruit in our life, all that God wants to bring is pride. That's why James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. We know what that means. When we humble ourselves, God then can bring us to that place of being lifted up in his time and his way. When we exalt ourselves, the scripture says God opposes the proud. So we're going to be exalted and we're going to be brought low. That is fact. We get to decide in what order and by whom. Because if I choose to exalt self, God will, by his grace, help me figure it out by bringing me low. If I choose to humble myself, though, the word says God will lift me up. That's the beauty of humility before God. It's not this beat down kind of, oh, I'm a worm, I'm terrible. It's not that kind of humility. It is truly a humility like the prophet Isaiah in the presence of God who said, oh my gosh, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm ruined. He saw himself as he really was. And so what does God do? God heals him. The fact is when we are in the presence of God and we see his glory, his holiness, it creates a natural humility. But a humility that then when we look in his face, what we see is love and a commitment to help us become all that he created us to be. And so in a way, it's strange. While we are humble before him, we are built up in his presence because of the love that he expresses. Worship, interestingly enough, that's why worship, because worship takes us and focuses us on the presence of God. Worship is a great exercise in humility if done right. And the irony is in church circles, because of music styles and preference and weirdness that happens in churches, Worship has become a point of pride and, and conflict. I mean, seriously, that's one of the... Satan has to be proud of himself on that. Because that is just so ironic and so horrible that worship, the very thing that is supposed to bring us into God's presence and bring that natural, healthy humility before him, has become a source of pride and conflict. It should be the thing that causes us to go, man, God is beautiful. And I haven't obtained it yet. I have not been made perfect because that's perfection and that ain't me. And I'll tell you, folks, this is so practical. This is so important. If you don't get anything else today, but you get this, you're going to have a great tool for spiritual growth. And you know when it happens. You can feel. It doesn't matter what it is. And I'm just going to be transparent here with you, okay? This is obviously a struggle for me like it is for everyone else. And I can feel it when pride is coming up and I want to deal with it. It can even be religious pride, spiritual pride. I can back it up. I can back up my pride with a scripture. I am right. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because as soon as that pride wells up in me, whatever the issue was that I may be right, maybe not, doesn't matter. Whatever that issue was, it's not the issue anymore. Because God's way more concerned about my heart and my character and who I'm becoming than whether this issue, whichever way this issue goes that we're fighting over. And I can tell you, when I push forward in pride and forcefulness, there's never good fruit. That's just a fact. On the times, and I can feel it when it happens, when I recognize it, the Holy Spirit convicts me and I shut up long enough to listen and I step back and go, wait a minute, okay, humble myself. And I respond in humility, I've never regretted it. And you see fruit that you couldn't even imagine, you couldn't bring about. And, you know, this is, this is the deal. Even it, And please understand, there are times to be forceful. Don't get me wrong. There are times to stand up and be strong and be forceful. Knowing how to do that in humility. <laughs> now that's a challenge. In a humility before God, a humility before the people before you. Jesus did it. He threw the money changers out of the temple in humility before God. Because he was perfect in every way. But what I'm telling you is if we can't get this, the sky's the limit when it comes to spiritual growth. If we'll just get this. There's more. But if we get this, this unlocks a whole new arena for us when it comes to spiritual growth because now we have become teachable. We have become people who can listen and hear God's voice and respond in obedience. And next week we'll hear part two of this message called Press On as you've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, where you're more than welcome to come visit. The church is located at the corner of Jones-Maltzberger and Redland Road just inside Loop 1604 with Sunday morning service times of 8, 9.30, and 11.15. And there's also a campus in New Braunfels that meets at 10.30. All the details and directions are at the website reallife.org. And if you'd like to call the church, the number is 490 5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Dr. Robert Bass, MD, Internal Medicine. And we hope you join us next time for more Real Life. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.